gentlemen uh i've been late i know it's been two weeks i was in vegas and then um i was doing other things so i'm sorry very very sorry guys um anybody who's still listening to this uh you guys expect you know weekly episodes and i didn't do that for two weeks so again i'm so sorry um you can come kill me if you need to but otherwise i got a special guest on for everybody today um this is the end with adam i've got a, a old friend um that i met a long time ago feels like a long time uh but this is charlotte quantes charlotte is live from uh where you you're in paris texas right yeah in paris yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was a joke yeah there's a there's a paris texas but no you're in paris france oh right okay now. yeah, yeah. In france. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't catch that <laughs> no it's fine it's it's fine um yeah so i wanted to bring you on because honestly uh i felt like Number one, you've been doing really interesting things for a while, and I haven't really caught up with you in years. So I was mm. like, what would be a better place for us to, you know, kind of catch up, but on my, um, you know, half-baked podcast. So um, here we are. First of all, how's Paris today? What's going on over there? Uh, it's really cold in here in France, all over the country, and a lot in Paris. It's snowing a little bit, and... Um, and what else? It's uh, almost six o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, nice. So I mean, it's really strange. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, right now, like, what do you, are you guys mainly, you said most stuff's still closed, right? We talked about that. And you guys are mainly yeah. just hanging out. Do you guys still do, you know, kind of smaller parties or can you do like, like, back, uh, well, I guess it's, since it's cold, you can't do like backyard stuff, but back in the summertime were you guys kind of going outdoors more and like doing stuff like that uh yeah but uh it's like everything is closed in in front of the bars and museum and theaters and cinema everything is closed cause, so you kind of get uh bored a lot uh and i'm i consider myself lucky because i work with a good bunch of people and we still manage to party even though it's not really allowed but <laughs> we still do it sometimes and so that's cool but for a lot of people uh i guess it's the same in the united states uh it's really hard and for example at the moment in france there is a big thing about uh students who get really depressed like really really depressed Oh, and and they can't work. They can't do you know uh, little jobs uh, next to their studies because most of the time they do they are waitress or waiters or doing right. small jobs like that. But everything is closed, so they don't get money uh, enough. 
And so they have to go to charities, you know, to get uh, free food. And you can see like a very, very, very long queue of uh, students uh, to get some food in order to be able to eat and not spend too much money. So it's really hard for these guys. It's really hard for homeless people, uh, as you guess. Yeah. Um, It's a yeah, yeah, the student thing is a big thing. Yeah, yeah, and there is a lot on in the media at the moment. A lot of uh, journalists uh, are covering the subject because it's like uh, on top of being a bit depressing this uh, period, it's also financially uh, really hard, uh, of course. Right. Yeah. No. These people like it's really sad because it's the youth of the country and they are studying to have good jobs and and make the country. Uh, healthier, I guess, mm-hmm. right, when you're a student, and and they don't even have the chance to um, have a normal, uh, quiet life because they have to uh, not eat some for yeah. like a day to oh save money, God. which is crazy. In That's so crazy. That's so yeah, crazy. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's such a shame yeah. too. I mean, because you think about like I was, I was just, I, it, you know, right when you said that about how students have to pick up those jobs. I remembered how when we had met, when when we were in the Netherlands, there were a lot of people um, who were doing their Erasmus, but they also had to work, you know. I I did work in Netherlands. Do you remember? I think so. I don't know why. I didn't know if that was a real memory or not, but yeah, you were a waitress, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In Shimi, in the city center of Nijmegen. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Mm. And, and like, that was, I remember you trying, I think someone was trying to explain, it's either you or someone else trying to explain, like, that's how most students from certain countries, like, make their money while they're studying, is they get these yeah. small jobs. And, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, imagine just that whole economy collapsing would be, yeah. I mean, yeah, catastrophic for, for people mm-hmm. who are studying abroad. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, So... I mean, on a lighter note, let's turn back the clock um, for a couple of years, because uh, I know you've been you've been doing humanitarian work since I'd known you. But prior to that, um, what were you kind of going to school for? Like, you know, when you were growing up in Paris, like, what were your interests? What was life like back then? Okay, so uh, at the very beginning, I was uh, um, I picked up the artistic. Uh, vibe and and mm. i decided to make uh hard studies fine arts for mm. one year mm-hmm. and and i uh then choose to to do artistry uh in college and okay. i did that for three years and i got a bachelor and it was like a double uh degree with uh english and uh art history so oh, wow. I did that for three years in Paris and and because I kind of realized and got pressure from my parents saying, oh my God, Charlotte, you're never going to do any money with what you're doing. So <laughs> you have to find something uh, mm-hmm. financially viable. So mm-hmm. I decided to to become an auctioneer in art uh, market, basically. Please, please tell me about that. I'm so curious. So... Because I mean the, the 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 Parisian art scene is the that's that's it that's the t- that's the tip of the that's that's mm. it that's as high up as you could go right yeah but uh, my uh, my interest was more in the 
sorry, um, on the old uh, art, you know, uh, aspect of the artistic scene. So okay. I really like like um, modern ancient painting from the Renaissance stuff like that and um, uh-huh. like art market covers uh, all the periods of art effectively. Uh, but my my preferences was like mm. I don't know nineteenth uh, century art, and but also I didn't really got to choose because like I did to, to become an actioneer in France you have to do to have a law degree uh, as well so I had to to study law for three years that's uh, how I got in Erasmus Nijmegen for the last mm. year of law. Right. And in order to do all the exams, to get an action year, blah, blah, blah. And during my studies, I've done a lot of internships, you know, in auction house, you call it, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, yeah. like um, there's uh, Christie's in New York. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sotheby's and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. South and yeah. I, did a, I did a lot of that and it was fun, but I don't think it was really me. And after uh, Erasmus, um, I got back in France then and found another internship because I was I didn't really want to get back to to my studies. I see. I found it really long and really hard to get back to actual uh, student life when you when you've done six months in Netherlands. Right. <laughs> I found it really strange. <laughs> and and I so I was working for an internship or jobs or something like this, and I found an internship in in the um, uh, luxury, like in textile, you know, yeah, you know, like fa- fashion stuff uh, mm-hmm. in a showroom for very uh, high standard textile and stuff, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was quite a uh, in the same area, like art market and. And the same mm-hmm. kind of network of people, and I got a very horrible, uh, awful boss. So oh, really? yeah, it was really not nice. And like mean, or or like they were like what? Because I imagine like that seemed to be somewhat. And tell me if I'm wrong, but kind of stuck up, right? Because it's rich people buying other rich people's stuff. So it'd be kind of wouldn't that yeah, be? It's, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of that, like very, um, uh, like manipulative person, you know, thinking that mm. everything is uh, is um, uh, at their service, you know, because they have the right. money, so they think right. they have the power on you, right. on your mental health, on your on how you look, yeah. on what you do, on how you speak. And it was like very, um, very abusive. Uh, boss to oh. to intern uh, relationship. And, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, I think it's like a lot of people experience that, and and to what I I I did make a conclusion on that this uh, aspect or this area of um, like the art market is made mm-hmm. of a lot of people having a lot of money, thinking mm-hmm. that they are the elite of the society. Or was right. it just buying expensive things um, for rich people from rich people? It's yeah. it's like a 
I don't think it's an LC microcosm, and I don't think I'm uh, I'm uh, made for that anyway. So I just decided to stop uh, trying to work for this kind of people or and with mm-hmm. this kind of people, and it's more or less how I slowly uh, went to charities to do some uh, volunteering. And mm-hmm. it's how I ended up in Kelly for three days. And I stayed three years. <laughs> so you you were in, wait, I thought you were in Calais for like a long time. You said three days? No, I'm, uh, the first time I got there, it was just for a weekend, you know. And, uh, and actually I stayed there like for three years. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, yeah, and I got there in, in 2017, I think, wow. yeah, 2017, yeah. Yeah, that's quite a journey since Nijmegen. Um, yeah. Like, I, I remembered, because I remembered everybody was, at least everyone that I had met that was European kind of was still looking towards finishing, you know, more schooling or, like, they had more mm. stuff to do when they got back home. And, like, mm. that was my that was my final year like uh, I had one more year to do or two more semesters to do in New Orleans uh, where I went to college. And um, mm-hmm. when that was done, I had, I mean, I was either like getting, getting more education would have just been so expensive. It got to the point yeah. where it was like, I have to just make, you know, my Money. bachelor's degree work. Yeah. yeah. But I remember kind of being envious of, uh, of all the Europeans. Cause you guys, like, it felt like you guys had so much time to like figure yeah. things out, you know? Oh Yeah. <laughs> Because you guys are like, yeah, then I think I might do this for a while, and then I'll go there. And I'm like, I got to yeah. make money. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like... But we are really lucky because we, like, studying in France is not really expensive when when you're yeah. French, actually. Like, it's it's not a lot of money uh, in comparison to Great Britain or States. So, yeah. yes, I think a lot of us are really uh, chill uh, with that, and, and we can, like, study for 10 years if we, like... Mm-hmm. But it's really yeah. long. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I literally long. know. Yeah, I literally know people who are still that I still, you know, keep in touch with from time to time, who are like yeah. even just starting to finish up, you know, their second, mm-hmm. third degree, or they're, mm-hmm. you know, like. Ju- yeah, I'm just like, man, I couldn't imagine, you know, yeah. still being in class. I, I just couldn't do it, you know. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, but yeah, it does seem like a normal thing there. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm so curious, like you you definitely seemed like you were very much into art. Like I remember you could like do amazing. I, I don't know what they're, what the, would the word be sketches or would like, what, what, what exactly you could just like sketch like amazing, like things like there, it seemed very easy for you to do. Really? Like, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really like it. Yeah. I like it. Mm. But I stopped drawing for a very long time now. Uh, mm. It's quite fun because I haven't been drawing for ages. But yeah, it was my thing, and and because I'm not like a, I don't think I'm extremely smart or very smart at studying, so you know, art was more accessible to. Me. I don't. Know. Yeah, well, I think yeah. I think art is a certain kind of intelligence, right? Like, yeah. I think, um, and and also like t- to your point, I mean, I feel like that that post college journey, especially if you started out. And on an artistic kind of bend, it's almost mm-hmm. important to take time away from it. Like I definitely found myself like I I was able to do like a short film, which I was really happy about. Yeah. And, you know, um, I 
pretty much almost i mean like the amount of venomous uh like you're saying bad manipulative insane Mm. stuff Mm. that goes on in filmmaking um and Mm. i got kind of a crash course into that just looking for work on movie sets that were around new orleans right after college and just basically doing Mm. anything i could do like taking out the trash whatever i could do Mm. just to get on set yeah then within you know a couple of months uh you know people they just i guess my it's a small town so my name got around and i started working Mm -hmm. for this one particular producer who's from australia um who was probably the worst human being like the absolute worst human being i ever met and he was the most successful movie producer that i'd ever met up until that point that's the the most horrible part of it like it's this guy is successful He's in to everyone else, like who was also kind of shittier versions of him. Like, everybody has this. So, a typical, like, on set conversation, like, that you would hear in a producer's village would be something like this. And I'm not even kidding. Mm-hmm. Like, it'd be two producers standing there, and they'd be like, you know, no one really likes, let's say there's another producer, and he's like, no one really likes John. You know, he's not really doing anything mm-hmm. here. And then John, the other producer, walks up, like, hey, J- John, where have you been? Man? It's just all fake. <laughs> phony yeah. like but you know these people make millions of dollars together but it's a lot of they, bullshit it's a lot of bullshit and and also too like just their lifestyles like you know when you're someone's assistant um you really learn what their life is you know you're making their mm. schedule you're picking up you know their you know laundry you you know what their what their life is like and mm. um i didn't i did not want to be him i was like uh, as successful as this guy is you know like the movies he's made are cool yeah, I don't like I don't like having to like, you know, drown myself in whiskey to go to sleep every night. Like that's mm. that doesn't sound like a fun <laughs> that doesn't sound like a fun no. life. You no. know? And these and, and just, you know, and just living in this kind of like ve- very venomous, you know, um environment. So yeah, mm. no, after I'd made my film and I'd moved to Los Angeles, I kind of just reverted back to like, okay, what did I what did I like in the first place? Like I liked storytelling. So let me go back to writing instead of, you know, constantly trying to make films or getting into the film industry. So it was like a Mm. slow, like crawl this year. Like I would write one page, you know, maybe about nothing, you know, maybe every, every like three weeks. Then, you know, once I I don't know, I guess I started feeling comfortable going back to, to empty pages like over and over again. Then I just started writing like normal again, but yeah, there was definitely cool. a big, a big break uh, of time where I was just like, not only do I not want to be in this industry, but like, do I even want to like write anymore? You know, so I, I totally, oh, right. get, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. I totally hear you, but, yeah. um, but you know, I mean, it's a journey. But I, I'm also curious now. Um, I I try to read like as much international news as I can. There's mm-hmm. something in Paris going on with like the, this is really why I wanted to get you on because I, I, I've noticed you're, you're somewhat very critical of France. Like you don't seem to be very like, I'm not saying you're not pro French, but you seem to be mm-hmm. extremely like honest and critical about the government. Mm-hmm. Is there, is there like a police brutality thing going on there? Or is is this, is it like overblown on the news kind of thing? No, no, there is a real uh, problem in the French police. Uh, there is a big problem uh, of uh, brutality, of uh, legitimate violence, uh, and of um, impunity. 
Is it our word in English? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, it is the same. We uh, punitive punishment. Yeah, like uh, punishment just for the sake of punishment. Yeah. Yeah, That's but also the the police is getting, uh, or maybe it's immunity. Like they don't oh, get oh, yeah, they have for, immunity. for their yeah. abuse. Immunity, mm -hmm. yeah. And, immunity. and yeah. so we have a lot of that. And there is a lot of racism in the police, which leads to a lot of violence. Mm -hmm. and, and But French people and French government loves to talk about how the American police is... Uh, hard and horrible, but right. we actually have exactly the same problems. And really, yeah, yeah. So, my, and, and... my I, I want to, I want to just kind of dig into that for a second because this is what confuses me. Right, I can look at a at, a, at an American police br brutality situation, and I can look at the historical context that led to that interaction like even george floyd i can i can look at that and be like there is a historical context there's a backdrop to the way that specifically police in that particular area deal with black people in general they don't mm -hmm. do not treat them like the same way as regular citizens but mm -hmm. i but there's you know there's historical background that matches that for me i don't have any of that for france like i, I can understand why okay this guy doesn't look like me So I'm going to just be mean to him. But there's a certain level of like, like evilness that I don't get. Yeah. Where is that coming? Where is that coming from? Well, I think it's the same kind of the same story than in, in America. You know, like France has been part of the slave trade. Right. Uh, it's a big uh, a country who had a lot of colonies in Africa. And it's a country who sends and, and uh, sell uh, weapons to a Middle East country, uh, right. countries to do war. And so, like, France did really uh, build uh, itself um, for some part, thinking that the white man was... Uh, truly superior to anybody else, uh -huh. and and France uh, in France there is a lot of sexism and there is a lot of racism, and it's not just the great uh, country that we want to. Uh, yeah, that is not. Yeah, I'll tell you, that is not the. Uh, you guys have the best PR of any country because I mean, yeah, literally, I <laughs> Paris and France is synonymous in this country with like freedom and like. Mm. Everybody, you know, every like artist, you know, artisanship, like you know, uh, all all the best, like black writers, like you know, um, James Baldwin, uh, all of them, they yeah. they they went to France, like they literally yeah. picked up and moved. To France. Mm -hmm. So, my well, question, there is a lot of good things in France, but but it's not yeah. it's not the perfect country that we want to try to right. show. It's not at all. There is it's it's there is really big. Uh, there is a problematic uh, government. For example, our um, uh, prime minister, uh, mm. uh, not prime minister, sorry. President. Uh, no, it's not president. No. It's uh, like the home office, but I'm, I'm, I don't know. Home, uh, oh, um, I... Yeah, yeah, uh, like uh, homeland, homeland Security. Uh, that's yeah, what, or, yeah, yeah. Basically State Department. Yeah. 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 So the, yeah. the minister, the guy who is uh, mm -hmm. at the head of this uh, minister, uh, mm -hmm. is accused of rape and, and sexual uh, harassment. And he got 
nominated in in the government and we knew that already and the, the they were like um uh, uh investigation on him already when he got nominated uh for this minister so he's supposed to be the we call him the first cop of the country because he's he, basically mm-hmm. he's the boss of all the police in France and mm-hmm. the first cop of the country has an mm-hmm. investigation for rape and sexual harass- harassment and and the French government like still keeps him and wow. it just sounds crazy and you couldn't believe it uh yeah. until it happens right and he's still yeah. here and and there is like text messages that have been coming out in the press showing how uh like how far was the harassment and uh, and but the guy is still here and the guy is still uh you know trying to enforce laws and security laws and still saying that uh that sexual harassment is a bad thing and and you know it's it's just it's really it's really bad i think it's really bad <laughs> that's yeah no that's horrible that is just mm-hmm. like very terrible terrible but um the the question i guess that it just rings to my mind is like did did has this been a constant within the french government like is there like for example like back when let's say like sarkozy was the president of of you guys's mm-hmm. uh, country like were there mm-hmm. things that were probably going on that were similar to this but we just didn't know about it or do you think that there's been a sort of like relaxation of morals like people have just gotten worse over time what would you say mm, i'm not an expert and and i think back at that time i was not interested enough in all of that so mm. uh i'm not sure i can give like a very precise answer but what i know and what uh, i remember is that this kind of um uh situation already happened in the mm. government before and and all the corruption and even Sarkozy, like he's still, there is no a trial against mm-hmm. so a former president uh, mm-hmm. because it says uh, that uh, he his campaign when he wanted to be president has mm-hmm. been paid by Gaddafi, like the a dictator no in Libya. No way. And yeah, and he's <laughs> saying that no, it's not true, but like there is so many proofs that it's true. And so it is, it's, it's really crazy. And, and I can hear like some Libyan people say that it was better. The situation in their country was better when Gaddafi was at the head, head of it. But, mm-hmm. uh, it's still very problematic for French president to get, uh, finan- uh, financed. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, from a dictator. That's that looks yeah, bad. That yeah. looks really bad, and and I think it's uh, society is more now has uh, more opened ears to mm-hmm. to get this story, and I think there is a real um, great thing happening in France is that there is a, a lot of. Uh, uh, people starting to speak more and more because of the social medias. And I think it's all the same in, in our Western countries is that mm-hmm. social media brings this good thing is that you can speak more easily and yeah. reach uh, people and, and society and journalists and medias and groups more easily with Twitter, Instagram and stuff. 
And yeah. so you, we can't uh, stay blind and deaf now, but still it, it's, it's not far from perfect. But mm-hmm. yeah, to answer to your question, I think it's, it does exist for a very long time and forever. Mm-hmm. And, and since I'm very small, every year I think there is some big guy from the government who suddenly got a big trial because of corruption, because of uh, money laundry, because of uh, of uh, not paying their taxes or right. so many things, or for harassment or for incest. Incest? Is it a word in English? Yeah, wait. That's the thing that's going on in, in the government. So it, at the moment, it's not no, it's not someone from the government. I think it's a it's a guy at the head of a big big school uh, mm. of political science, if I'm not wrong, and and he's uh, he committed incest, and oh and God. now in France we had a hashtag Me Too incest, you know, like the Me Too thing. Yeah, yeah, and and. They've been one like few weeks ago, need to incest, and we realized that it, like everybody realized that it's uh, a very common phenomenon. Oh my and, god! Yeah, it's terrible. Oh, do you think yeah. some of this, like, because one of the things that um that I, I guess Americans collectively realized with you know the Me Too movement um, yeah. was that you know there's a there's a lot of you know, especially in this country, there's a lot of people that will present themselves as being, you know, morally upright, morally, mm-hmm. you know, just. And then you look behind what they do and it's, you know, terrible, like literally the opposite yeah. of what they've been saying. But mm-hmm. I feel like in, in I feel like in, in France, tell me if I'm wrong, people are a little bit more just like liberal. Like they're just a little bit they don't need to play this like in America. There's this game of like, oh, I I don't even drink or like I only you know, like uh, our our vice president, Mike Pence, he said he would never go to dinner without his wife, even if it was just guys, because he always wants to have his wife know where he is at all times, like stuff like that, like weird <laughs> stuff like that. But, you know, in France, it seems like people are a little bit more open and free, but then there still seems to be this undercurrent of abuse. And like, my question is, is like, do you think that it's, it's one of those things where a lot of these people self-justified while they were, you know, doing bad stuff where they're like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Or do you think they, they like completely knew what they were doing the whole time and there was no cultural, you know, adage to anything? Uh, so your question is, is this, is it true or, or, or did they well, knew it when they did? Yeah, do you think, or... I guess to shorten my question, like, do you think there's like the sort of like laissez-faire culture of like like you know french culture do you think that, mm. that adds to a little bit more of the deviancy or do you think they're two completely different separate things? I my, yeah sorry no I, I i i don't really know if there is a laissez-faire kind of vibe uh no okay but I, I'm think, wrong. I, I i don't know maybe but as you say maybe like french culture or french um people we are more like we are really reactive to things and when we don't like uh like a law going uh mm-hmm. out uh then you see thousands of protesters in the streets uh the day after and so so i think uh people in with power uh do know that so either they're gonna intentionally hide their mm-hmm. bad things or mm-hmm. they're gonna just lie 
And right. I think when you have power, uh, you know that there is a very slippery rope where you're going to probably end up abusing. Right. Oh, yeah. Using people or situation with your power. So I don't think we can say that people who, who've been in the most reputed or the, the better school in France and then mm. end up at the head of a government don't mm. know when they are abusing someone or mm. when they are taking advantage of their position of power or of their wealth or I don't think mm. we can say that they don't know it. I think they do know it. Maybe the attitude is different than in America, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, that no, that, that kind of actually answers what I what I was asking. Is like, yeah, it, it doesn't really matter. They still know when something's wrong. It's it doesn't really Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um so yeah, yeah I guess I guess what do you see happening? Because one of the things we're I was seeing on the news before COVID was the yellow vest protests Mm -hmm. do you think that's going to start back up again once covid's over uh once people can get back out on the street what do you think's gonna happen well they 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 did start again oh already i didn't know that yeah yeah but in a very like obviously the 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 movement got a bit um not softer but um uh, smaller yeah smaller and and yeah smaller and probably because of covid and also because the government kind of made up something to to please people you know so they put a little bit more uh money in some stuff Mm -hmm. and they created like a what they call a national debate uh to show people that they were listening to their um uh, to what they were claiming. So maybe right. it did contribute to make uh to yeah to to make this movement a bit smaller and as you said yes COVID as well. But but they started again a few weeks ago now because um uh they were like a big low uh trying to to be uh voted. Uh, mm-hmm. In the parliament, mm-hmm. and and it, it uh, led to a lot of protests. And then mm-hmm. the yellow vest kind of joined uh, the the movement mm-hmm. started again. But also, I think this movement. I, I don't mean I'm not an expert on activism uh, methods, but right. I think this movement is tend to kind of uh, lose sense i don't know but mm-hmm. but it was a strange mm-hmm. movement like as great as it was because it, it uh, gathered a lot of people from very different backgrounds with lots of different uh revendication Did you say revendication yeah. uh no i actually don't know revolutionary uh, like, is that uh, the word you're... claims maybe yeah, yeah revolutionary claims yeah yeah Sure. Yeah, yeah, and so like a lot of people like asking for different things. You know, some uh, it was to get more uh, income. Some was to mm-hmm. kind of uh, break capitalism, which mm-hmm. is like very two different things. And yeah. so it was like a very uh, large movement gathering a lot of different people with, and maybe it was not structured enough. So it's also maybe one of the reasons why it kind of. Uh, got smaller 
and and with less impact maybe i don't know yeah uh, yeah Did i mean it, it, yeah well i know i definitely know what you mean I, it's just so interesting because you guys seem to have such a like a culture of protest like that was yeah we do like it <laughs> and that was the most amazing thing to me because i mean americans could like as much as we want to talk sh all this shit and like be like oh we're tough this and that people i mean maybe in these past four years this is the first time we've seen people get off their asses and really actually do you know yeah. actually threaten the federal government you know like that's mm -hmm. what the that's what the point of, <laughs> of a protest mm -hmm. really is is to scare the federal government into doing yeah. something Yeah, that they that they would otherwise not have done diplomatically. That's the whole thing, mm -hmm. and I think um, you guys really uh, have have kind of. I mean, at least are the, the people that I feel like most of the rest of the the Western world would probably look up to in that regard of like getting you know organizing yourselves, being consistent, staying on the street, you know, not just mm -hmm. doing it for like two days. Like you know, that's mm -hmm. um that's an incredibly impressive thing. So I mean. For you personally, what's what's next? What's coming up? What do you mean? Like what's what's coming up? It's you know it's a new year. It's twenty twenty one. Uh, for me personally. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, well, that's a big question. Um, I don't know. I I I think uh, that's a very big question. <laughs> I've never <laughs> thought of that actually. But I guess that uh, in my work, like we've, we've managed to achieve some very positive things uh, at my work with the charity I work for. And, and I do wish that we can do more of that uh, in the coming year. And yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing i guess for 2021 <laughs> hey that's that's a beautiful thing that's that, that's yeah. i mean you're helping people yeah so i mean that's all that matters is like even if it's one or two you know it, it doesn't like everybody right now could could be doing what you're doing and we, we would have a much better world if people just put a little bit of time you know into helping others so that's kind of why yeah. i wanted to bring you on because normally this podcast is pretty um it, it, you know it's usually like pretty fun and we don't really talk you know not that this wasn't fun of course i love catching up with you but i mean like <laughs> it, it like it's usually very light-hearted and we don't you know we don't talk about like anything that's any anything that's a really of consequence right like we're kind of talking about yeah. ourselves going over uh, going over you know fun memories which is great but you know mm. like as as i'm turning a new ch a new page even in my own life i'm like Yeah. You know, I think it's better to put like good energy out there and just mm -hmm. like, you know, remind people, hey, you know, being a part of a society means doing certain things. And I think you're you're a great example of that, Charlotte. So okay, really happy thank you. you. you <laughs> I don't know. And I'm sure there's I, a lot of people, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, there are. There are definitely. But, you know, I happen to get, get to speak to one of them. So I'm, I'm mm. you know, uh, being being nice right now. But, um, yeah, I'm I, I'm really happy you came on. Um Do you, did you did, was there anything else you wanted to like talk about? Did, did, were you curious about anything or? Um, no, I don't know. Uh, if you have uh, any other question uh, um, about Kelly or whatever, it's like. Uh, yeah, actually, thanks for reminding me. I did want to go back to Calais just for a second. Like you said, mm -hmm. your first three days were there. Um, And then you ended up staying for three years. Uh, but uh, when, when you initially got there, what were the conditions like? 
Well, um, it was uh, just after the dismantlement of a big, uh, big, big camp, big refugee camp, uh, which was um, which contained like roughly ten thousand people in northern France in Calais. Wow. Uh, knowing that Calais is, is a town with I don't know uh, um, seventy thousand people, something like oh, I that. I thought it was like a city 000. of like. I thought it was like a huge, a big city. It's a it's a town. Yeah, it's not that a big city. It's not it's not very big, and so but but it's uh, the position is is such uh, the geographic position is such that uh, it, it is crossed by a lot of uh, people trying to migrate to the UK mm-hmm. because Calais is, is uh, the the port of Calais is the shortest axis uh, from. Uh, mainland of Europe to Great Britain. There is only like uh, 40 kilometers of sea between Great Britain and is that where that, so, is, is that where that underground tunnel is? Like that uh, tunnel yeah. under the water? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been there. Yeah, yeah okay, I, mean, I, know you, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So there is like a, a lot of, uh, you know, of threat, of ferries, of uh, people uh, crossing this every day. And um, yeah, it, it's so... Uh, to uh, it, all that to say that ten thousand people in a refugee camp made of uh, a small tents and cabins is really uh, it's a big burden on a small tent uh, on, on a small town. But yeah. uh, so I got I got in Cali after that camp uh, got dismantled, and when I got there, it was like I don't know maybe only. 50 people uh, who went back to Calais and it was only underage people. So it was uh, boys of like 16, 17 years old with no parents, no one. They were just on their own. And, and wh- which, countries, the, which countries were uh, they from? At that time, they were all from Eritrea uh, in Africa. Yeah. And, and, what, and the reason for that was because they were running from the, conscri- the forced conscription. Was that the main reason or was there another reason? Oh, uh, yeah, it was the political situation uh, of their country, which is one of the harshest uh, dictatorship uh, in Africa. And also because uh, at that age, uh, either you, you, you don't really have the choice but to go to the army, basically. Mm-hmm. So right. yeah, they yeah. were running out from that, and and they were in France in Calais, and they couldn't sleep anywhere because the police was always going to wake them up and taking their stuff and peeing on their sleeping bags. Or oh my gosh! Tent. Yeah, it was really really hard, and and they tried to cross the the channel, uh, you know, by hiding in lorries. Yeah. Uh, and then the lorry go on the, goes on the ferries, blah, 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 and they get to mm-hmm. the UK. And so they are taking a lot of risks to get to these lorries because they, they manage to jump on a lorry when either it's uh, moving in mm-hmm. the motorway or when they are uh, stopped in the parking. And mm-hmm. so when I got there, we did a lot of um, um, shifts at night uh, on the motorway because there were uh, all these guys who were trying uh, to go to the UK but failed. So the the for example the the drivers of lorries just dropped them in the middle of nowhere. Uh, wow! 
So you get a call from a 16-year-old boy saying, I don't know where I am, and, and they don't speak very good English. So yeah. they, they, they can't tell you where they are, So and they are w- walking along the motorway, and you have to find them in the middle of the night. So it was a lot of that. When wow. And it was really moving to see these young people. And, and then in the weeks following this, uh, the number of people in Cali just uh, never stopped growing and growing and growing. And right. yeah. Wow. It's, yeah, I'm it's, speechless. That's, that's um, mm. uh, yeah, that's really heartbreaking. And I, and mm. I also am curious, you know, when you ended up doing the whole, the three years, was did the conditions get any better during that time or did it kind of seem like you guys were just sort of treading water and just kind of trying to help as much as you could, but like, or, or did, or did you guys start making like headway and, you know, things started changing or being at least a little bit more positive, like these people coming in their experiences, what would you say? Uh, it's, uh, it, it changed uh, a lot. The situation changed a lot, but, uh, I don't think there's any way to say that it got better because in for some aspects it got better, but it's mm-hmm. never enough to make these people's life okay. And right. and now for example we uh, went to court uh, against the states like uh, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, saying so it was all the associations versus the states. Mm-hmm. And we managed to make the state obliged to uh, give food to people in Cali, mm-hmm. uh, which is a great thing because it's, mm-hmm. uh, it was really uh, hard to do that. But on the other end of that, uh, on, yeah, on the other hand, like the police brutality got uh, worse and worse and worse. And now uh, we still get Called, uh, in the middle of the night of family with babies and young children trying to cross the channel, the sea, with mm-hmm. like inflatable boats. Wow. Uh, and, and they just, uh, you know, the boat is, is, is like shitty boats, basically. Yeah. And yeah. They just sunk and you have to get all these people back from the water and they are all wet in the middle of the winter with babies oh and children. And, and you put that in the media. You put that mm. on the social media, in the national press, but there's still nothing done for these people. Wow. So it's not better, and, right. uh, but there is every day it's, it's a new, like, there is a lot of, of changes, but it's, it's, it never gets really better, actually. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, well, I mean, I know... I didn't want to keep you for too long. Um, I, I know uh, we've been talking for a little while, but I, I definitely wanted to hear about that. And I, I wanted to see if at some point we can just, you know, really talk about those three years on another episode. Because I think that yeah, sure. just, just that in itself, I think, would be mm. a t- really interesting. So yeah. we should, yeah. yeah, we should do that some other time. But um, yeah, we're coming up on an hour. So that's usually when I wrap. Um, okay. The, the recording. <laughs> Let's wrap. Yeah, it's just it's it's for the no, it's for the uh, for the the size of the file. Like it, yeah, it, sure. Yeah, but um, but anyways, hey Charlotte, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, I know you, you. you said uh, you said you've been having a fun week, so I'm sure you want to go and chill and you know get, <laughs> get some sleep. So I'll let you go and do yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank um, you. 
talk to you soon. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Au revoir. Bye. See ya.